0: Hello, folks. This is Michael Robertson Reed from the Punk Rock Barbershop coming to you with another installment of My Wife Thanks You. And for those of you that have listened um, to this little... Uh, thing before my wife thanks you is centered around the fact that i have a i love to just deconstruct every element of society particularly pop culture to the nth degree and many times my wife uh, has to suffer through listening to me just go on to massive rants about something in pop culture that has uh, you know that is keeping me up at night uh so you the listening audience um, are doing her a massive favor, because now that I have this podcast and I can share these thoughts with you, I don't have to subject her to uh, to my uh, brain diarrhea. So that's why this segment is called My Wife Thanks You. Uh, and this piece is going to be about uh, the animated film Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I actually did this at the request of a friend um, who wanted to hear my thoughts about it. So I'm just going to dive right in and, uh, and let y'all know what I thought. So I loved, 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 loved Into the Spider-Verse. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. I probably cried uh, three times the first time that I saw it. And I've watched it four times. Every time I've seen it, I've cried. And even thinking through and sort of sketching out some of the ideas that I wanted to uh, touch upon in this segment, I even got a little choked up just thinking about it. Uh, so... um when when the commercials first started coming out for into the spider-verse i knew that it was about the miles morales spider-man so i was going to see it uh if only for that reason um and i and i had known about the miles morales spider-man actually from my wife she had mentioned it like when i guess when the comics uh when the comic first came out um so i thought that was cool And then when I saw um, uh, Spider Man Homecoming, um, you know, there was a little Easter egg where Donald Glover, his cameo, he played Miles Morales' uncle. So I thought that was a very clever pop culture reference in Easter egg. Um, So yeah, super, super, super excited about it. I honestly didn't really, when I first saw the commercials, um, I didn't really like know what to expect. But I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to go see it because it's. You know, it's a, a young black and Latinx kid playing Spider-Man, so boom, I'm completely on board. Wasn't really aware of any of the alternative spider people in the comics, and because you know, I'm not really, I don't read comic books that often. Uh, but I went to go see it um, first time, because I saw it twice in the theater. First time I went to go see it in the theater... One of my friends was down from New York and another friend, um, he was like, oh yeah, like we should all go see it together. I think they had seen it once before. Um, but yeah, they're like, oh yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah is going to be in town. Like, you, let's go see, uh, Into the spider verse. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, so, so I'm going to break down like just all the stuff that I loved about it. Um, so I loved what I like to call the blackness and the brownness of it, um, You know, uh, so I am someone, I do not need to see melanated people in movies or TV shows to enjoy it and to connect with it and to relate to it. I think that's fairly obvious for anyone that's listened to three seconds of this podcast. So like, you know, I like Seinfeld. I like Friends. um, You know, I like How I Met Your Mother I, I don't need to see and I don't even mind that Friends and Seinfeld takes place in New York City and that there's not really any black people on the show because the parts of New York that, you know, Ross Geller and Elaine Bennis hang out and I'm like, a lot of black people don't go to those spots. You know, I mean, so I live here in Philadelphia or as I like to call it, Marion Anderson City. And there's tons of spots in Philly that I go to where there's like li- I'm literally the only black person, and there's more black folks statistically than white folks in Philly. So, so I I, I don't find some like I yeah I can see a a movie that takes place w- Woody Allen's uh, version of Manhattan. I, I don't have a problem with, it. and I've seen many parts of Manhattan like that. And I think Annie Hall is a great movie. Um. However, I feel like if you are going to if you're going to be in a setting with melanated people, um, you know, and if you're going to be in communities, if if you're going to have stories that take place in communities with with lots of black and brown and, you know, and other non white folk, then and if your whole thing is kind of like showing the reality, then you should show the reality as it actually is. Um, So, And I may be completely contradicting my previous statement with the statement that I'm about to make. So for me, movies like The Change-Up or um, What to Expect When You're Expecting, both of those films take place in Atlanta and it's like super 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 white environments. I mean Atlanta's a, you know, a majority black city, um even with the changing demographics. And I don't know, like maybe the um you know, maybe the sections of Atlanta where those movies are supposed to take place ain't really a lot of black and brown folk, which is entirely possible cuz I worked in Atlanta for 6 months and it's, you know, a very kind of like starkly separated city, but I feel like Uh, Black folk especially are just like so ubiquitous in like every section of Atlanta, even the super white sections. I'm like, "Mm, this just doesn't seem implausible at all. Like, um, you know, or uh, 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 he's just not that into you or whatever it's called. It's supposed to take place in Baltimore. um, And there's like three black people in that movie. So uh, they're still good movies, though. But yeah. However, so, so back to the Spider-Verse, you know, it, it takes place in Brooklyn. It takes place in, and very black Brooklyn. Um, you know, it takes place in, you know, somewhat brown Latinx Brooklyn. So it, yeah, it felt like it was, it was rooted in a very real world. You know, I mean, there, you clearly see, um, the, the, the fact that the changing demographics are you know are a part of the environment that Miles and his family lives in like that that's a real thing and i you know i loved that i felt the movie was very 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 nuanced um you know it it didn't really exist in a world of stark binaries and so what i mean by that is um you know if you If you look at the way that Miles's father perceives the, you know, the changing demographics, you know, because he's he's making a joke about some fancy coffee shop and like overpriced coffee. And it's it's not this um, the white interlopers are coming in. You know, he 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 seems to to treat the patrons of that shop more as like an amusing novelty more than anything, which is a way that certain people feel. Not everyone, but, you know. Um, more than I think is sometimes uh, discussed out in public. I, um, you know, going along with the, you know, the the nuances of it. Miles feels like, and uh, for if you haven't figured this out, there is going to be spoilers in this. So if you haven't seen into the Spider Verse, uh, I don't, you should see it. But I am going to talk about stuff. Miles feels like a fish out of water, but it's 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 more of um, like an elitist thing. Like he, you know, he feels like the school is an elite school. It's not because he's the black and Latinx kid and he's being berated by mean white people. You know, what I mean, because you see him walk through his neighborhood and you see him go to his school, and there's folks of every hue, persuasion, uh, melanin level, racial background, hairstyle, language, like fashion, like you know, there's there's not really that distinction isn't made between oh well there's his the the neighborhood folks and the neighborhood kids that he knows who are mostly black, puerto rican, dominican, palestinian and then it's all these snooty white kids in the school. I mean like they're all of the demographics are represented in the neighborhood and in the school. And um what I liked about that is that I felt like that mirrored a lot of the experience that I had in school. You know, I went to uh, private school, really up through ninth grade. And, you know, I mean, the schools I went to were, were fairly racially diverse. The high school I went to in Los Angeles my freshman year of, of high school, I mean, it was black kids. Uh, Latinx kids, mostly of Mexican descent. There were, um, you know, some Palestinian families, Armenians, uh, you know, various families who, uh, you know, were descendant of Muslim cultures in the, the Middle East, uh, Filipino, Cambodian, um, and also like a varying economic stripe. So, so it didn't, I, it, that school didn't feel like, um, you know, I was the racially, I was the fish out of water. Um, and I actually didn't really have that type of experience until I actually went to public school in Northern Virginia. So, yeah, um, you know, so I so I liked that a lot. Um, the one note that I want to put in now is I do want to acknowledge um, the uh, the one of the comments that a friend of mine made. So when I watched this movie the third time, I watched it at my house with uh, a friend who, um who came over and this friend is you know is is a of Puerto Rican descent and one of the things that he mentioned that he you know it didn't really sit right with him you know if I'm if I'm understanding uh, accurately what I feel like he conveyed to me and he's made this point in other films is that he he um He finds it frustrating or annoying, or maybe even uh, maddening and infuriating um, when he feels like uh, characters who are of some type of Latinx descent just start speaking Spanish in a way that he feels like is inauthentic to the story. Where, like, you know, maybe there's, you know, like it's a group of people talking around and everyone else is speaking English, and then this person does a massive soliloquy in Spanish. Um, you know, and, uh, I didn't really, he had mentioned that to me before, uh, I think when he was talking about the Superfly remake that came out in late 2018 or, I don't know, whenever the hell it came out, um, apparently a character does that, I, in, in that movie, I have not seen that movie, um, but he, my friend certainly wouldn't just make this up out of thin air, um. So, you know, but uh, but there, you know, there were de- a couple of times when you notice uh, the characters uh, speaking Spanish, uh, you know, and it stands out a bit because yeah, there, there's a scene where Miles is getting ready to, to go to school and he and his mom are speaking to each other in Spanish. And then one of um, one of Kingpin's uh, henchmen, like, you know, when they bust into to Aunt May's house, like, you know, one of them is like yelling at you know, yelling at all of the spider folks in Spanish, um, you know, honestly, like that wasn't something that registered to me as a, you know, as a pain point or a cringeworthy moment, you know, that, you know, just speaking my truth, it didn't register me in that to me in that way. Um, you know, I mean, but I'm, you know, also not uh, coming from an environment where, Spanish is, you know, is one of the language this one of the languages uh you know that is used amongst me and my family. So I just yeah, so I wanted to uh acknowledge that my, you know, my friend pointed that out and you know that seemed uh to be uh, you know a uh, a source of uh critique or criticism for him in the movie. Um the the father son dynamic in the movie I loved. I thought it was very nuanced um and it it reminded me of a lot of the father-son dynamics that i have seen for my different for my for my black friends you know because i mean and the the father-son dynamic definitely reminded me of um my relationship with my dad when i was growing up you know i mean my dad very loving uh loving man unconditional love you know i mean he's the He's my idol. He's the dream. He's the best father in the world. He was a tough guy on me. You know, he was very, very tough because he had a, you know, uh, a desire for my brothers and I to do well. And he didn't want us to be influenced by the, uh, shall I say, not so positive narrative that... a lot of black boys end up internalizing in this country. So, you know, and he was not afraid to be a, I don't even know what the right word is. Yeah, my my dad wasn't afraid of like having us not like him, um, which I think is good. So, so it, it reminded, so yeah, I love the father son dynamic, uh, Brian, Tyree Hill as as Miles's dad, I thought, you know, just did a really great job of conveying the um, the the fear and the vulnerability and the uncertainty that I would imagine a lot of fathers have. And I think that, um, you know, a lot of black fathers had. And I thought it was this really just beautiful portrayal of the intersection of strength and vulnerability. Yeah, I just thought it was phenomenal. and I liked that it wasn't a cliched. I've got to protect my kid from the ghetto storyline. I mean, like that's not really what it was about. I per- I honestly thought that it the the dynamic was something that you see more in black families than you would see in other families but it I always felt like I was watching a father working with his son not a black father working with his black son so yeah I thought it was um so I thought that was great and I also liked that it didn't the the fact that his dad is a cop wasn't necessarily a ...big thing in the overall... Um, ...in the way that his character unfolds. Like You know, he didn't feel like... Uh, ...this tortured black cop... ...in this police department full of racists... ...and, you know, and his partner arrests his kid. I mean, like, because... Uh, ...I'm not saying that that is not untrue... ...and that that, that doesn't happen... But, but I'm also uh that's th- there are more nuances to life than that, and I feel like particularly with black folk the 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 very obvious stories get told but the but the more nuanced, complicated, ickier complex stories we we don't really see a lot um and I think that it is also. Refreshing to go to a movies where black people can just be people. You know, I I don't really know how often um, you know that happens a lot in in movies. Uh, yeah, so I you know I thought the the the, the dynamic uh, with his uncle Aaron was great, both like Miles's dynamic with him. And then with Miles's dad and his, you know, relationship with his brother, who he doesn't really talk to in the movie. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's not unlike, uh, you know, just the relationships that many of us have with our siblings. Uh, you know, Mahershala Ali is always great in just about everything. So yeah, so that that was that was cool. Uh, you know, there was for me the right amount of humor and seriousness in the movie. You know, the cast, you know, people that I love seeing and stuff. Catherine Hahn, freaking hilarious, like great and everything. Cool to see her as a villain. John Mullaney, you know, shout out to John Mulaney. I freaking love that dude. Lily Tomlin is always solid. Um, yeah, you got Haley Steinfeld and uh, Zoe Kravitz doing some stuff. So I thought that was cool. also thought it was super interesting uh, that Zoe Kravitz played... Um, uh, Mary Jane, and and they kept her as Caucasian. Like, and I'm not even saying interesting, like I'm making a subtle dig at it. Like I just thought that was just an interesting choice. I don't have any feelings about it um, one way or the other. Um, What else? I'm, I'm looking at notes here. I'm trying to be somewhat organized with this. Uh, yeah, another thing that I loved, I loved that they didn't really try to make Miles and Gwen Stacy's relationship a romantic relationship um because one it's uh you know I I've been I've been happy to see that in the world of comic books and comic book movies that were really moving away at least to a certain degree you know maybe I'm being way more optimistic than is the actual reality. And I sound like one of those people who's like, I don't see race. But it feels like to me as a total hetero cisgender dude that we are at least making an effort to get away from the damsel in distress uh, thing that we've seen in a lot of these comics and movies. Um, you know, Amy Adams as uh, as Lois Lane and Man of Steel. Like, you know, she was more just like this kick-ass reporter than... The um the Margot Kidder version where she's like fainting when she gets mugged, um, you know. So yeah, yeah, and I you know uh, uh what's her face uh Kate Blanchett being the um the villain in uh Thor Ragnarok um you know Tessa Thompson was super kickass as uh you know um in uh, in Ragnarok as well. So so I feel like we're getting away from that, and. Uh, yes, yeah, so I like I didn't I didn't want this to be like I didn't want Miles and Gwen to have a uh, like a love story. Like I just wanted her to be a cool person like who isn't necess- like who isn't in there to like be his girlfriend or wife. And I also liked the the insecurity and the uncertainty that Miles had. Really throughout the whole movie, whether it was in going to the school that he was going to or taking on the 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 Spider Man title or um his interactions with Gwen because the you know, very much with um how his dad is, is that you you don't or I don't think that we get to see a lot of Vulnerability from Black boys and Black men in films, in movies, in music, in society, um, and and it wasn't a vulnerability of like hands up, don't shoot, I'm not a threat. It was just like this vulnerability of I'm I'm growing and I'm trying to figure out who I am, you know. And and he kind of tries because and I was a little. I was feeling a little annoyed when when his uncle Aaron is like, "Oh, you know, put your hand on her shoulder and do the hey." Cuz I was like, "I don't want to see the like smooth-talking black dude." And so Miles tries it and it doesn't really work. And um yeah, and just like yeah, that like that hypersexualization of black boys and black men. I, I don't have time for that. Um so yeah, like to to see them, you know, really have this like this genuine platonic friendship. I thought I thought that was was very 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 cool, and then um, one of the big things that I loved 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 about this movie was, um, the the going back to the the cultural specificity of it and how powerful and universal that was, I thought was great. And so, to a certain degree, for me, this movie reminded me of the way that I felt after watching Moonlight and I'm not just saying that because it's black people in that, black people in this. Like that that's not really what this is about. But from both into the Spider-Verse and for Moonlight, Moonlight in particular, I thought was a really great example of how a very distinctly, distinctly black movie, because of the fact that it, you know, Moonlight clearly was about you know, black people in a black community. That was written by a black man and had lots of black music, you know, and it was lots of uh, you know relatively dark-skinned black people going through uh, a series of experiences um, that really are, in many ways, distinctly centered in black communities. It's like it's a, it's a super, 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 super specific movie, so much so that like the feel and the language and the tone of it would change if it was taken out of liberty city, miami and put into east baltimore or southwest philadelphia like same demographic but just like the feel like it's such a specific movie and in that specificity it is a very very um it has a, a lot of universal appeal and that was i think one of the things that took a lot of people by surprise with Moonlight is the fact that you have people in Belgium and the Netherlands and South Korea and Wisconsin who who like really, really connected with that movie and felt to a certain degree that that movie was speaking about them and their lives. and And for me, it's not a thing of wanting white validation it's not that at all and i think quite the opposite i think that moonlight was not concerned about white validation because if it was it would have had you know like a great white friend or a great white teacher or something but it but i you know the point that i'm trying to make is that many times with black cinema the the feeling is that um A overtly black, and people can interpret that any way they want, an overtly black film will only really connect with a black audience. Whereas a white film and an overtly white film, um, you know, or something that is really centered around, uh, you know, white uh, cultural tropes, you know, like, you know, like like there's a movie called A Price Above Rubies, which is really centered around, you know, a, a conservative... Uh, like Orthodox Jewish community in Manhattan, um, films like that are allowed to be about that, and yet they will appeal to everyone. Um, whereas if a black film does the black version of that, it's sort of like, well, this will only appeal to black people. And I feel like Moonlight really proved the opposite. So how that connects to into the Spider Verse is that um, you know there were there were a lot of elements of it. That I, you know, thought were just so, so, um, so overtly black. And so, you know, clearly I've already talked about the, you know, the gentrification slash changing demographics of the neighborhood that, you know, that Miles is in. Um, you know the fact, just like the way that he dresses, that you know the fact that you know his his hair is longer, like you know, I mean, it's it's not some short hair, you know, like you know, he's got a little bit of an afro going on. Um, you know the fact that his sneakers are you know like are a big part of his look and his identity to a certain degree. The fact that the the Spider Man, um uniform that he ultimately ends up wearing the spider logo is done in the style of graffiti writing you know the the fact that his uncle takes him down into like you know the subway trenches and and does graph writing down there the fact i do not think it it is a coincidence that this happened his when his uncle Gets killed by Kingpin. I do not think it's a coincidence that his uncle gets shot after he puts his hands up. You know, he's he puts his hands up, he's unarmed, he's not going to do anything. And then that's the moment when he gets shot. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I do not think that that is a coincidence. Um, You know, the fact that Miles's hoodie is so prominent throughout the throughout the entire movie like that was one of the first things that like i really kind of locked into and i feel like okay i i think they're kind of going there with this you know and the fact that his hoodie is his hoodie is a symbol of good and a symbol of power um in a world where young black and brown boys who wear hoodies uh you know many people are trying to make the hoodie like the 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 embodiment of evil and what are you up to? Um, and it's like they really subvert that narrative and and flip it on its head. So that you know that was a lot of the stuff that really um resonated with me, and also the fact that um this was a it felt like a very plausible. "Quote unquote realistic story," and I feel like you know people are like, "How can it be realistic?" Because there's all these different spider entities coming in from parallel universes and Spider Ham, and you know Nicholas Cage old timey Spider Man. But but so what I mean by that is, I I liked kind of like the plausibility of it. So so what I mean by that is um. Looking at this as a piece of black science fiction and comparing it to Black Panther because I feel like Black Panther is one of the more common and obvious uh, manifestations of black science fiction. Black Panther is a to me is a has clearly a strong Afrofuturist feel to it. There, there's a lot of uh, like myth and spirits wrapped up in it. Now I myself am not. Afrofuturism is not a genre of work that like I super, super, super love. I think it's cool. I think it's awesome. I'm glad that it exists, but it's not really my thing. And I also, for me, Afrofuturism is not synonymous with black science fiction for me. I think it is a part of black science fiction, but I do not think that it... That Afrofuturism and black sci-fi are the same thing. And then also with Black Panther, Black Panther to me feels kind of similar to Thor in the sense of I'm not necessarily into movies that take place in utopian lands. Like I, that, that's not really my thing. I like that Black Panther. I like that it presented a world of, you know, of, um uh, you know, of an of an African utopia for the most part. I mean, clearly there's power dynamics and political conflicts and secrets that uh, exist in Wakanda. But, you know, I mean, uh, but we, yeah, Wakanda is just this like, you know, it's it's like everything is great there. And also um, for me. A lot of the characters in Black Panther were kind of hard to relate to just because it's like, you know, they're all wearing robes and beautiful clothes and everyone looks super impeccable and everyone's Chadwick Boseman is super handsome. Lupita, super handsome. Denai is is just like the most awesome human ever. And. For me, when I hear movies with people doing sort of like amalgamation African air quotes, African dialects and where like they kind of sound like Nelson Mandela. To me, it it just sort of feels like very kind of regal. And so the whole time that T'Challa is speaking, I'm just like, I feel like I'm in the presence of this regal person. So that's kind of hard to relate to. Um, and in Black Panther, to me, Killmonger was the most, was the character that I felt the most connection to, not necessarily because of the politics, but he's a dude from Oakland. Like, you know, he wears jean jackets and speaks in a way where it's like, yeah, I I can walk around Philly and hear tons of people speaking like that. Like, he dresses like a dude. He just dresses like a regular dude. Uh, T'Challa's always in robes and stuff. So... The um and with Black Panther, which, you know, I thought was great and I was super excited when I when it came out, but also it's it so much of it is very like, you know, the the Panther gods and Baust and the Yoruba shrines and the and the Yohimbe vibes are coming up. And it's just like, oh well, like is there anyone in Wakanda who just sort of like listens to Music and watches like MTV or Wakanda MTV. I felt like Shuri was kind of like that, where you know she wore sneakers, she's kind of a smart ass. Um, so yeah, like she she was probably like the one person in Wakanda where it's like, oh yeah, I I could hang out with you and we could like just go get beers and it would be cool. So uh, the reason why I mention all of that is I liked that into the Spider Verse was yeah it's just like it's about in my mind like regular people like miles is just a regular kid his mom is a regular person his dad is a regular person his uncle is a regular person like everyone's a regular person they like they feel like people that you would you could just see on the street and they're they're like working through very real you know real challenges and you know and i like that with you know, with something like Black Panther and with Into the Spider-Verse existing in sort of, you know, the the collective imagination, I think it's very powerful that we can have something like Black Panther, which is really meant to, for the most part, exist in this self-contained African world that is really unaffected, by the presence of Europeans. So I think that is cool. And then I also like how Into the Spider-Verse exists in the complicated United States of America and that you have this universal American figure who is unmistakably black and Latinx because, I believe that we should have both. Like, you know, I am a believer in all black spaces or mostly black spaces. Um, I think that's very necessary. And then I think that it is also necessary to commune with the larger human family. Um, you know, and everyone should decide for themselves what percentage they they want to do. Because and, and I like that you, you now have a, a melanated person who, um, who, for many people, is like the default association with Spider-Man and with this very American archetype? Um, because I think that you know, um, a a lot of what I view art as is is helping create the default, and and one of the particularly challenging things for me, just as a as a black person in this country is that when, when you think of, when you imagine an American or you imagine a Philadelphian, someone who looks like me is not necessarily who you picture. Um, and I want you to picture people who look like me. And I also want you to picture people who don't look like me. Um, And it's not for a matter of like acceptance, accept me and love me because I I tried that doing, trying to get other people to accept you and and getting my validation through other people and that just leads to a road of uh, not goodness. But, um, you know, but I want people to, you know, to fully, it would be nice if the world would understand our humanity and know that our humanity exists because of our cultural grounding and because of our cultural specificity and not in spite of it. Um, And, you know, Miles Morales is an American. He is a New Yorker. He is a Brooklynite. So he, he, deserves for that to be acknowledged and for me i i think that the the movie uh did a lot of that which you know i thought was uh was very cool and i also thought it was awesome that the uh the director uh or, you know it it won uh i guess it was best animated feature film at the oscars and it was the first time that we had a black director win an oscar for an animated Uh, feature film so i thought that was super cool too um and it had a awesome soundtrack so that's my thoughts on into the Spider-Verse. i know it's a lot uh but yeah i mean that's what you get when you listen to me all right thank you uh, ladies and gentlemen intersex folk non-binary questioning um have a great day or night i hope you find your story and i hope you find your truth